0: I interrupt this podcast series for an oldie but goodie. With New Year's upon the way, I went back and looked up the most popular, most well-listened to, most liked, most highest numbers, clicks, all that. Which podcast episode of 2018 was the most listened to of the year? We're going to replay it for you right now. It was number 83, 10 Tips to Lose Weight. You know those times when your weight goes up and you just need to follow something simple to get back on track? Well, these are the 10 things that I do when that happens to me, and some of them are key for losing weight any time of year, and none of them involve a detox or starvation. So check out this episode. I'm going to play it now for you once again. Maybe you listened to it at the beginning of the year, or maybe you didn't. But here we go. 10 tips to lose weight. Welcome to the Earn That Body Show with Kim Eagle. Kim is an award-winning personal trainer. She trains her clients all over the world online and is passionate about empowering people by getting fit and healthy. to lose weight. These are sort of 10 tip reminders. Some may be new to you, some you might have heard me talk about before, but as the show has been progressing, we've been getting a lot of new listeners, which is awesome, and I thought that we might review some of these steps, and actually, it's probably a great review for you too if you are trying to lose weight. You maybe have heard some of them before, but you might hear them again and think, oh yeah, I stopped doing that. Maybe I need to start again. So get ready for those 10 tips, but first we're going to start off with the Eagle's Eye On health. I have a great news tip today about certain kinds of cancer that they're actually saying are related to being obese and overweight and I thought this was fascinating and it's a reason that I always tell my clients let's not just focus on the number on the scale That's fine. I know you want to lose weight, but getting fit and healthy is so important for so many more reasons than just looking good. And this is one of those reasons. So in this article, they talk about 40% of cancer cases are related to being overweight and obesity, according to a new report from the Centers of Disease Control and Prevention. The report is called Vital Signs. Uh, trends in incidence of cancers associated with overweight and obese people in the United States from 2005 to 2014. And it cites that 13 types of cancer that people have a high risk of developing if they have overweight issues or obesity. So the types of cancers that they have included are meningioma, multiple myeloma, Adenocarcinoma of the esophagus, cancers of the thyroid, postmenopausal breast, gallbladder, stomach, liver, pancreas, kidney, ovaries, uterus, and colon and rectal cancer. In 2014, approximately 631,000 people received a diagnosis of one of these cancers, and that accounts for 40% of all cancer diagnoses that year. The study authors suggest that people with obesity or excess weight may be at higher risk for cancer because they're actually carrying weight. Um, It causes weight metabolic abnormalities, including higher levels of inflammation, insulin, insulin insulin-like growth factor, and sex hormones. As an oncologist, when people ask me if there's a cure for cancer, this doctor says, Yes, good health is the best prescription for preventing chronic diseases, including cancer. So that goes back to what I was just saying that I tell most of my clients. I tell all my clients getting healthy is so important, not just to look good in a bathing suit, but being healthy helps our body fight off so many things, even like cancer. So now they're attributing being overweight and obesity to 14, what was it? 14 types of cancers. It's just not worth it. And it's such a harder life to live as an obese person or someone who's greatly overweight everything becomes more difficult recovering from any kind of illness you'll often get sick more often recovering from any kind of injury if you ever need surgery as well and you're an overweight person the recovery is so much harder so if you're someone right now who's listening to this and it's sort of making you think about where you're at in your health Today is the day for you to take action. And it's never too late and you're never too old to start making healthy changes. And that's really what this podcast is all about. Bringing you ways, tips, advice, all kinds of things to help you live a healthier life. Now let's get right into the top 10 tips to lose weight because I know that is what you all want to know, right? So these are 10 things that I actually come back to all the time if I have put on a couple pounds. So my weight generally stays where it's at because I really feel like I know my body. And if I start to feel my clothes getting a little tight and I look on the scale and maybe I am up a couple pounds, I basically come back to these 10 tips and it always knocks it back right into place. So the very first thing you should do if you feel like your New Year's resolutions did not work and all the things you wanted for January did not come true as we head into February, the first thing you want to do is start measuring your food because what you think is a true serving size is not always the case. Now, what do I mean by measuring your food? Well, a perfect example is if you have oatmeal in the morning, I want you to measure what one true serving is. And guess what? You only need one true serving. And for the case of oatmeal, just so you know, everybody asks me this all the time, you'll measure it dry. That is the serving size. So a serving size of oatmeal is generally half a cup of dry cereal. You measure half a cup and that is your serving size. But when you start eyeballing things Over time, that half a cup starts growing and growing and growing. And that's when you normally start to see the pounds coming on because you sort of stop checking in with what an actual serving size was. Uh, Depending on what you're eating, a serving size is always going to be different. So for a piece of meat, like a piece of chicken, they generally say the size of your fist. If you were to make a fist, the size of your fist is approximately one serving of chicken. For most women, one serving would be enough. That's very dependent, however, on your activity level, because if you are a Ironman triathlete, you might be having two servings of chicken. And that's when we get into a whole different level of figuring out how much protein you need, how many calories. But again, we're just talking about dialing it all back in so you can get your weight back on track. So serving size, generally you only need one, Start measuring what is one serving. So even your maple syrup, right? In the morning, everybody knows I love my maple syrup, but I measure it and I pretty much measure it like every day because the moment I don't use that tablespoon to measure it out, it becomes two tablespoons, a little over, a little more, a little more. You get where I'm going. So the first tip, measure your food. Let it get your serving sizes back on track. All right, here's another one. How many of you, when you're cooking dinner, especially, you're hungry and you start nibbling on everything you're eating while you're cooking. Has that ever happened to you? I'm sure it's never happened to you. Well, it's happened to me before. And honestly, the best way to not start nibbling on all the foods you're eating while you're cooking is to chew gum. (laughs) There is my tip number two. Chew gum while you're cooking because all those little extra bites you start taking add up so fast. I mean, they could add up to hundreds of calories. You have no idea how quickly the bite here and the bite there adds up. And there's a great way to fix it. You just put some gum in your mouth, some nice minty gum, especially, and usually nothing will sound so appealing to throw in your mouth with that minty fresh breath. So chewing gum will help that. All those extra bites, they do add up, even if you're logging your food. So a lot of my clients, most of my clients are logging their food. Guess what? If you have a few bites here and there and you don't log it, yes, you still ate it. (laughs) Sometimes I think people think, well, if I didn't log it, it didn't happen. Well, no, it actually did happen. And we just don't know what went wrong at the end of the week. So chew gum, that'll, that'll really help you from not taking those extra bites. Number three, and this kind of goes close with number two, I want you to vow right now, raise your right hand, and I want you to take this vow that you will not eat off your child's plate or your partner's plate ever. Okay. Again, those are extra bites of food. Those are extra calories that add up so fast. And if you're that mom who is finishing that peanut butter and jelly sandwich that was left on the plate, I totally get it. I used to do it too. But if that's happening to you and you're noticing that you can't drop any weight, You have to start being more mindful of all those extra bites. Uh, Maybe you reach over to your husband or your partner's plate and you have a a few bites maybe of the ice cream that he or she is eating. Things like that. Again, just because you didn't log it doesn't mean it didn't happen. (laughs) And your body will tell you if it did happen. If that's not enough, taking the vow to stop eating off your child's plate, you've probably heard me say this before, but I will say it again. Children have all the germs. The flu is rampant right now. And let me tell you, it's terrible and you do not want it. Do not eat off your child's plate and maybe this will help you. Their germs are all over that plate. And guess what? Even if they don't have the flu at that moment, they could have the beginning of it and just not being showing signs yet. And then gosh forbid you eat that peanut butter and jelly sandwich and three days later they show up with the flu. And guess what? you have those germs too. So I like to think of that whenever I'm thinking about taking an extra bite here and there of something, I think who touched this? Could it have germs? Like, you know, at whole foods when you go to check out and they have those little chocolate pieces right there, I always think flu, every germy kid in the world stuck their hands in there. And that helps me walk right by it and never take a bite. So no extra bites. You took the vow. You don't want to get sick. Number four, This is a really big one because I actually think this one is hurting so many people's diet plans and weight loss plans more than anything. You've got to stop weighing in daily. What does that mean? Do not get on the scale every single day. And this is why. Your weight will go up and down every single day. That is normal, totally normal and expected. All right? It is going to go up and down. It could be because of the hormones in our body that day. For women, your cycle, every single day your hormones are different in your body. It could be because of sodium you ate the meal before. You went out the night before. All of a sudden, your weight goes up because you have water retention. You could have had a really hard workout. That's going to create water retention. There's so many factors in your weight. And if you were to get on the scale every day, and you are to see the number go up, unfortunately what happens is you want to throw in the towel. And this is a total self-sabotage cycle that you are creating if you are getting on the scale every single day. Because again, the scale is going to go up and down every single day. So if you happen to step on on an up day and you have been doing everything right, your calories are on track, you are chewing gum while you're cooking, you're not taking extra bites, you're measuring all your food, you got your workouts in, you're sleeping well, you have done everything right and you get on that scale and you see that that number went up, what do you think happens? You throw in the towel and you say, well, why the heck am I working so hard if this isn't working? And then you go to the kitchen and you eat really bad or you have that bottle of wine that you didn't have all week because you were trying to be good and you sabotage and you throw in the towel and everything goes downhill so fast and the next day you're really up weight. But the thing is, if you hadn't weighed in, you wouldn't have known that your weight was up that day and the very next day, it would probably have been back down. So I call this a very, uh, it's like a very secular self-sabotage cycle and I see it all the time. And that's why I tell my clients do not weigh in daily because it will make you crazy. The only way you can weigh in daily is if you're very tolerant of the fact that yes, there's going to be days it's up, there's going to be days it's down, and you're okay with that. And you're not going to throw in the self-sabotage towel because of it. I recommend weigh in on a Friday. Friday morning before the weekend hits, because all the bad eating happens on the weekend. See how you're doing on a Friday, then weigh in on Monday morning. See how you did over the weekend. Do those numbers look good? Are they close? Is the Monday one up? You know, take a look at those two numbers. Those are the only two days you really need to weigh in, all right? That is a huge one. I'm telling you, it will help your sanity as well. Number five, if you are the person, and honestly, who is not this person? If you are the person who needs a sweet treat every single night, guess what? We need to break that habit. We need to just break it. We need to cut it. We need to do it right away because the problem is you're creating that pattern. And so every night you have that piece of chocolate because you crave it every night because you've been eating it every night. So you've created this pattern in your body and it knows it's going to get chocolate every night and it wants it more and more. But we've got to stop all the sweets. So really watching your sugar intake and getting out the processed sweets is going to help your waistline for sure. So I recommend you just cold turkey, stop those sweet treats at night. Swap out that chocolate, that cookie, that ice cream, the pie, the cake, whatever it is that you love having every night after dinner, I want you to take it and remove it from the household. Because if it's in the household, you will go to it. You will find it. It will pull you there. I want you to take it out of the house. I'm not kidding. Do not have it available. And instead, fill your refrigerator with fruit. And you're going to have a fruit every night instead of that sweet treat. You're better off getting natural sugar, it's going to have fiber, it's going to have vitamins, and you're going to feel great. So very important, you've got to cut the sweet treat that you're having every single night because you're just creating and encouraging that craving to continue, all right? Number six, if you're going to eat something unhealthy, look, it's going to happen. If you are, you have to take a vow, another vow, to have one serving of it. And this is really important because I don't want people to live in a way where they feel like they could never have a slice of pizza. They could never have some chips and guac. Like, that's not living. Just so you know, I have pizza every week. Probably every weekend we have pizza at least one night. I have ice cream every week on the weekend usually. Um... I don't have the whole pizza and I don't eat the whole carton of ice cream, but I do have it and I want everybody to be able to have it. But here is the rule. You have to have one serving of it. So I have like one slice of pizza, maybe two, if it was a big workout day. Um, I have one serving of ice cream. Look at what a serving is on the carton. Get that measuring scoop out, measure how much have one serving. You can do it. You can have one serving. I don't recommend it every day. So if you're going to eat something unhealthy, have it once a week, but really limit the portion size to one serving. And that way you're not feeling like you're deprived. You don't feel like you can't have it, but you also keep it in control. Now, if you're the person who knows you cannot keep it in control, like you cannot have one scoop of ice cream, well then I guess you can't have it (laughs) or find a different treat that you can have one serving of. Don't keep something in the house that you know you can't control. Like if there's something that you absolutely love, people all know what I love. I love red vines. I cannot have them in the house. I love JoJo's cookies. If my son wants JoJo's cookies, he has to literally hide them from me so that I cannot find them in the pantry because I cannot have just one. So I'm just being honest with you. I'm no different than any of you, but I know my limitations. So don't put it in front of me so that I know that I can have the whole carton of JoJo's, things like that. All you have to do is enjoy it, but have one serving. Moving on. Number seven, I want you to swap out all of the things you're drinking for water. I think that one thing a lot of people get away from is drinking enough water. Now this is like besides the fact that I want you to have like, you know, eight glasses a day. That's a very general number. I really hate to say that because really you want to be drinking enough water so that your pee is light yellow, not clear. That's too much hydration and not dark yellow, that's not enough. But I want you to go back to drinking water because what I'm seeing is people are drinking way too many La way too many kombuchas, way too many coffee drinks, uh, all of those things. They're fine in moderation, but people are starting to drink them all day long. I see it. I see like six La I see six kombuchas. Yes, I have seen six or more kombuchas on a food log in a day. No, 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 no. I want you to go back and cleanse the body. Water, water, water all day long. So see if you can, I just drink water. I have a cup of coffee in the morning. I have one cup of coffee, black. I don't put anything in it. And then I drink water throughout the day. Once in a while, a kombucha, maybe once a week, but really I make sure that I'm hydrating with plain water. Number eight, this is a big one and this is a tough one, but if you're telling me you're not losing weight, I think that this one makes all the difference. I only want you to eat out two times a week. So generally that's dinner for people because husbands want to go out, wives want to go out, partners want to go out. and usually they wanna go out for dinner. So I would save those two times eating out for dinner. Maybe that's on the weekend, maybe it's one day during the week. If you're eating out like lunch three to four days a week, you're going to Starbucks and you're grabbing breakfast there three days a week, and then you're eating out for dinner probably three or four times a week, the calories, the sodium, the fat, the everything is out of control. I will save you so much money If you can do this, and I will save you so many calories, tell yourself next week, two times you're going to eat out, pick them ahead of time, schedule it, make it like the thing you look forward to a nice date night. That's totally fine. But stop eating out for breakfast and lunch. Those meals are easy to make, make them at home, save those calories, eat healthy, know what you're eating, and then save that for two times during the weekend, whatever it is, or whenever you want to do it. Two times. It will make a huge difference. Number nine, I want you to switch up your workouts. And what I mean by that is you can't keep doing the same workouts over and over. If your body has kind of stalled out and you can't drop those extra pounds, you might need to shock your system. Now, I recommend a one-hour workout five to six times a week. I really like a full hour because generally most classes, DVDs, programs, they talk, there's this, there's that, and it's probably not even a full hour. So shoot for a one hour workout. I think that's the best way to burn the most calories if you can fit it in and shock your body with something new. So if you're doing Orange Theory five days a week, I'm going to tell you right now, eventually your body catches on (laughs) and it's going to say, I'm good here. Like I totally can handle this and it's not going to drop more weight. So try a new class, try a new video series, try a new DVD, try something you've never done before. And honestly, you're going to be sore in different places. You're going to be using different muscles and it makes a difference for weight loss. So definitely shock your body. Now, number 10, our final tip of the day. Are you ready for this? You've got to stop starving yourself. The body is so much smarter than you are, all right? That's probably what you've been doing, and that's probably why it's not working. So let me guess, does your week tend to look like this? Monday comes, you got on the scale, you are so unhappy once again with what that number on the scale says, so you're going to be really good. And really good to you means you're not going to eat that much. Now, you don't maybe realize it, but you're like, I'm going to have an egg for breakfast. Like, that's it. Egg and coffee. And by the time lunch rolls around, you're starting to get pretty hungry and you're going to have a salad. Okay. Okay. I would be starving if I had an egg and then salad for lunch. Like, I would be starving. But then you're like, no, I'm gonna do this. I wanna feel good, you know? By the time dinner rolls around, you are starving. And you may already cave right there and go to P. Terry's, that's our burger joint, and get your burger fries and a Coke because at that point you're like, I can't do this. I'm starving. And there goes the self-sabotage. It's because you're setting yourself up to fail. You cannot starve yourself to lose weight. And the reason why is because you can't live that way. So you don't have to starve to lose weight. You don't have to. Like, I always tell my clients, if you're starving, I need to know. I need to up your calories. You cannot live starving. And if you're starving, it's the body saying, I don't have enough calories. I'm hungry. Like, your body's so amazing. We just had a podcast about this, appreciating your body. Like, your body's saying, I'm hungry, I'm hungry. That's like a little red flag. And it's saying, my blood sugar's dropping. I need fuel right now. It would be like if your car was running out of gas. Would you not add gas? Of course, you just have to do it in a healthy way. You have to still watch how much you eat. You want to balance out the carbs and the fat and the protein. You want to limit the amount of sugar. You don't want too much sodium, but you can eat a solid amount of healthy food. So if you feel like you're that person who keeps failing, it's usually because you're not eating enough, or maybe you're not eating enough of the right things. Like a lot of people don't eat enough fat and protein, so they're always starving. You can't live on carbs alone. Carbs are great and they're totally important, healthy carbs. But the protein and the fat actually satiate you and make you feel full. So some people I noticed don't eat enough of the healthy fats and the brain needs the healthy fats too. What do I mean by healthy fats? Avocado is one of the best you can have. Um, Eggs with the yolk have fantastic fat in it. Peanut butter, my all-time favorite, has healthy fat in it. Um, Fish cooking with olive oil, all of those things are essential fats that the body needs. So don't be afraid to have those, but don't let yourself get hungry. Probably means three full meals. That's always a given. You have to have breakfast. It should be one of your biggest meals. Breakfast, lunch, dinner, you're going to probably have two, maybe three snacks in addition. So have that snack between breakfast and lunch. Have that snack between lunch and dinner. And maybe you save a small snack for after dinner for that fruit. That's gonna be your sweet treat that night. That will help ensure you're getting in enough calories. But if you're really clueless and you're like, I just don't know, and trust me, it's okay not to know. They never teach us in school, which is really sad. How much should we eat and what does healthy eating look like? So it's okay if you're like, I have no idea. That's what people like me are here for. Like, that's what I do is I help people figure out how many calories does suit your body and your needs for how much you work out. So, again, you can always contact me if you feel like you're just clueless. That's why I'm here. I want to help people lose weight in the most healthy, sustainable way possible. All right. The last thing I want to wrap this up with, so those are your 10 tips, right? You're going to measure your food. You're going to chew your gum. You're not going to have those extra bites. You're not going to eat off your child's plate or your partner's plate. Uh, You're going to stop weighing in daily. You're going to stop your daily treat. Uh, If you are going to eat something bad, you're going to have one serving of it. You're going to have water only, eating out two times a week max. You're gonna shock that body with a new workout this week, and you're gonna stop starving yourself. Those are the 10 things you can honestly change without even logging a calorie. If you could just change those things, I bet you would see a change in the scale in one week. But the last thing is if you do fall off track, here's the most important thing. You know, on that Friday, when you had a long week and you were actually really good all week, you were healthy and you ate great and you didn't go out and you got all your workouts in, but then like you're exhausted. I mean, yes, it happens. You're so tired that you do fall off track that night. You do have the extra glass of wine. You do eat four pieces of pizza instead of one or two and you, you know, you're sort of lost control. What do you do? Let me tell you, you simply get back on track at the very next meal or snack. You do not say, okay, I, you know, I'm throwing in the towel. I'll start over on Monday. No, if you fall off track on Friday night, you get back on track Saturday morning with breakfast. Because if you go the whole weekend, well, now you're talking, yeah, you could easily be up five to six pounds. I've seen it happen by Monday. Not worth it. Everybody falls off track. It's not the end of the world. You do not have to judge yourself. You're not a bad person. You just simply had a little extra that night. You're going to probably pay for it the next morning and feel like you know what. But all you do is get right back on track. The quicker you can get back on track and pull it together, the quicker it's behind you and won't really affect too much. Like one bad meal in a week is not going to change everything in your weight loss. But bad meals all weekend... Yes, that will absolutely play a role. So always get right back on track right away. I hope you found this podcast helpful today. I know a lot of these things some of you have heard before. Some are new. Some are great reminders. Those are your tips to help you from the most highly listened to episode of the year. Hope you enjoyed the Earn That Body podcast in 2018. All I can say is it's going to be even better in 2019. So make sure you've subscribed so you get your automatic update each week with my new weekly podcast. And all I can say is have a wonderful holiday season and let's get ready to make some awesome goals for next year. For more information about Kim Eagle's online programs, go to EarnThatBody.com or check out Earn That Body on all forms of social media, including Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and YouTube.